The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody. Hi, welcome back to the show. Uh, obviously, you're listening to History Island on 103.9 FM, Long Island News Radio. I'm your host, as usual, Dale Spencer, and we have a great show for you tonight. So we're going to talk about um, some different charities that are going on on Long Island because it's an important part of what keeps life good for people out here. Um, there's different things going on this time of year. Um, I know Habitat for Humanity has the Restore over in um, uh, Lake, on Lakeland Avenue, and that's a place where you can get really affordable things if you need to do some construction or some home items or different things like that. It's a great charity. Um, obviously, we have the Salvation Army coming up soon with their big uh, effort. We have Big Brothers and Big Sisters who's helping people on Long Island to um, get their... Uh, you know, get the kids looked after, and it's a really important service, especially for a household that might only have one parent in it. Um, the Make-A-Wish Foundation still doing great work. Um, this month um, is, of course, Breast Cancer Month, and um, our sponsor, Gino's Pizza on Portion Road in Lake Ronkonkoma, every year raises a lot of money for breast cancer research. So when you stop down, talk to them about it. They have these beautiful pink T-shirts that they sell, and those all the money from that goes to cancer research. So tonight, though, we have a specific uh, charity that we're going to talk about, but let's talk about the origin of that first. And the origin of tonight's um, charity is Mr. Harry Chapin. Now, for those of you who don't know him, Harry Chapin um, was a songwriter and singer from Long Island. Very, very famous. He had a couple of famous songs. Um, Taxi was a big hit for him. And then a few years later, Cats in the Cradle, which is still a staple on classic rock stations to this day. And Harry was an amazing guy. He, um, he went, Once he started making money and he became a, basically a pop star making a couple million dollars a year, what he started doing was Harry always said that one of the things he wanted to do was change the face of Long Island. He wanted to leave something good behind him in this society. So what Harry did was he started doing a lot of benefit concerts and donating a lot of money to world hunger. That became Harry's cause. He knew people were hungry and they needed to eat. So what Harry did is he started an organization called World Hunger Year with a DJ, Bill Ayers, who was a priest who did um, a show on a radio station in New York. And um, they combined together and they did marathons and they did a lot of work and created World Hunger Year. World Hunger Year eventually transformed itself into Why Hunger, another organization. And every year when Harry would put an album out and make a lot more money, he would donate, oh, probably a third to a half of the money that he made every year to this charity of World Hunger. And he was constantly on the go. He would um, do radio marathons. Everybody he talked to, when he met other music stars, he'd get them involved with his charity. He would keep talking to them about it until they listened and they started really 
and getting them involved too. I remember listening to one marathon where he brought Billy Joel on and Billy Joel did a long session with him helping to raise money. Harry is a successful artist in his own right. He put out 11 albums, 14 singles in his career from 1972 to 1981. Um, he helped start the Presidential Commission on World Hunger in 1977, um, and he was a, just a great, great citizen of Long Island, and he was really trying to help people with world hunger. He went on and on. He was becoming more popular as he went, and what happened, unfortunately, is um, July 16th, 1981, Harry was driving so the concert he was going to do at Eisenhower Park for free was a benefit that was going to raise money for world hunger. And he unfortunately got hit by a truck on the expressway, a tractor trailer, a fiery explosion. And unfortunately, we lost Harry that day. So everybody thought at that point what was going to happen was all Harry's efforts were going to basically go down the drain and all the work that he had done would disappear. Just as happens with many people who do charity work, if they're not around to do the work, the work dries up and goes away eventually. But Harry had a lot of friends. He made a lot of friends as he went along. And his wife, Sandy, was one of the really influential people with that. And um, a lot of his other friends. And what they did was he had started an organization in 1980 called Long Island Cares. And um, after his death, it took a while for everything to really get going the, um, at full speed. But Long Island Cares took up the mantle. Sandy is on the board. Bill Ayers is on the board. And um, they all kept going. And now to this day, Long Island Cares is a major, major contributor to people's food insecurity on Long Island. And they help feed people. They've got a bunch of different locations. And we're going to talk a little about Long Island Cares. And we're pretty lucky today to have Billy Ganyu, the community events food drive manager for Long Island Cares. And he's here to talk about some of the events that Long Island Cares is doing. Um, so, hello, Billy. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm very good. Um, so, why don't, uh, why don't we talk maybe first about the newest program that you guys have going? And that is to feed families. Our Adopt-A-Family program. Correct. So, we are in the midst of our fifth annual Adopt-A-Family Food Drive program, which started in 2018 to collect the necessary food items to provide a full Thanksgiving meal to a Long Islander, Long Island family in need. In 2018, we raised enough food for 3,000 families, then it was 5,000, 7,000, 11,000, and in our fifth year, we're taking a different approach. Tr traditionally, in this history, we, uh, the meals that we have been collecting for are for the traditional American Thanksgiving meal, which includes the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, the cranberry sauce, Everything you think of, especially the, that Norman Rockwell painting of Thanksgiving, that's what we were collecting for. But this year, through efforts uh, pretty much across the country under Feeding America, we're trying to make sure that the food that we collect and put on our shelves is reflective of the people that we serve. So for the first time, we are not only offering and asking for traditional Thanksgiving meals, we are asking for meals that are kosher, meals for Central and South Americans, and meals for Caribbean Islanders. They make up a huge population of the people that we serve, and it only makes sense to be able to provide them with the meals that they are going to eat on Thanksgiving Day, rather than the meals that they, they don't celebrate with. 
Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, of course, as the demographic of people here changes, uh, obviously you guys are changing with that demographic also and trying to serve that community better. Oh, that's a wonderful thing. Um, so um, how many meals do you think you're going to do this Thanksgiving? It's really hard to say. We're always surprised by our donors. Mm-hmm. Last year, the goal was 5,000 and day before Thanksgiving, when we hit that 11,000 mark, we were ecstatic, exhausted, overjoyed. Um, It put a lot of food on a lot of tables across the island. We do have a goal of 7,500 families this year. Hopefully we will surpass that, but our donors really do surprise us. Well, I got to say that's pretty amazing. That's a lot of people that you're taking care of. Yeah, this program is the most successful food drive program that we do run at Long Island Cares. Mm-hmm. And it really just started because we were missing a few items for Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. We didn't have enough cranberry sauce. So I started this program and now over 20,000 families have been fed simply by asking people what to buy. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Okay, so listen, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a break now and we'll talk more about that when we come back. You are listening to History Island on Long Island News Radio 103.9. And I'm your host, Dale Spencer, your Long Island history guy. We're going to go to a break and we'll be right back with more. Welcome back. I'm Dale Spencer, your host, and of course you're listening, like I said, to History Island on 103.9 FM, Long Island News Radio. So my host, my guest tonight is um, a very special guest from Long Island Cares, and that's Billy Ganyu, the Community Events Food Drive Manager. And um, he's involved with a lot of things over there at Long Island Cares. And um, we've been talking about uh, the Adopt-A-Family program and how they have decided what kind of food to buy for that program. And um, so why don't you talk a little more about that and some of the demographics maybe that you're serving right now. So the traditional American meal is exactly what you're thinking of. It's the turkey, cranberries, mashed potatoes, stuffing, yams, pies, Everything you can think of when you think of Thanksgiving. But we did a survey this year uh, called the State of Food Insecurity on Long Island, where 12 emergency food pantries participated and surveyed their clients based on a number of different things. So part of why we're doing different meals this year, well, including the traditional American, but why we're doing kosher, why we're doing Caribbean Islander, and why we're doing Central and South America when we were we surveying we were surveying clients of 1300 1037 people apologize for that who answered this question about what is your racial/ethnic slash, slash background 
54% of these people identified as Hispanic or Latinx, which is the biggest population that these 12 pantries are serving, including five of our own sites. That's followed by 21% Caucasian, 18% African American, 2% Asian American, 1% Native American or Alaska Native, and then a combined 4% of those who chose not to self-identify and those who identified as other. So looking at these numbers, it's very, very clear that we could not just provide a traditional meal. So with the help of our clients and staff members who maybe celebrate Thanksgiving a little differently, we were able to create a list targeting Caribbean Islanders and a list targeting those from Central or South America. When these lists were put together, uh, I didn't really know what to expect because I never thought of Thanksgiving beyond Turkey. That, that, that was it. But when these lists came back to me, what I noticed were most of those items were missing. There's no stuffing. There's no cranberry sauce. There's no turkey on these lists. What we're seeing are requests for rice, beans, both tomato sauce and tomato paste, uh, different milks for tres leches cake, uh, chickens instead of turkeys. Rather than just vegetables, we're seeing requests specifically for green beans and refried greens, uh, corn, corn flour, maseca, things that, although I'm well aware of, are in our pantries. I never loop them together in my head as something being a Thanksgiving meal for somebody. So the fact that we're able to have these lists and ask our donors to purchase these items is going to make a big difference this Thanksgiving season. Our donors have had a very positive response to the inclusion of different cultures, which has been really great to see. And we can't wait to see what, what this brings in over the next few weeks. Oh, yeah, it's pretty amazing, actually, because uh, me, uh, as obviously an Irish-American guy, I grew up with the traditional meal of stuffing, cranberry sauce, Thanksgiving turkey, and all of that, and that was what we knew as our meal. But I know there was a a number of years back where um, my wife and I went to um, Thanksgiving dinner with the Rosados, our friends, um, who lived in Brentwood, and they had a totally different kind of meal. And uh, again, there was no stuffing. There wasn't a turkey. It was chicken instead. So different ethnic groups are obviously going to have the foods that they are comfortable with. So it's great that you guys have been able to widen that scope out and um, look at all those groups and be able to try to serve them. And it's important to note that this is just the non-perishable items. Right. They're the produce that is the fresh produce that's been requested is going to be supplemented by some of our volunteers and staff members that are choosing to donate that way. It's difficult to collect perishable and keep them safely stored until Thanksgiving. So it's not just what's on these lists, not just these non-perishable items, mm-hmm. but all of these different sort of produce items that maybe it's something that I haven't seen at a grocery store, the ones that I shop at, right. or that would even be on my own table. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Um, and now you guys started doing fresh produce a few years back, right? Started um, having it in the pantries and different things and supplying it to We've the families? We've definitely been making more of an effort as each year goes by to have more nutritious items in our pantries, and that includes fresh produce. So whether we're working with farmers directly or grocery stores that are able to source it for us or other sorts of vendors, we are trying to get that fresh produce, that fresh meat, 
just those fresh items in-house because not everything can be just perishable. Oh, yeah, right. Or non-perishable, I should say. And that's a a great, great stride you've made because I can remember back a a couple of decades ago, food pantries were a place where you could buy some canned food and there was nothing fresh anywhere available for people who really had a problem with food insecurity. So I, I would assume what you're trying to do also is offer better nutrition to people through the program as time goes on. Absolutely. We have several people on staff that are dedicated to strictly just doing that. Oh, okay. Right. So while it still can be difficult to source sometimes, especially during the pandemic, it's something that we always try to have available for able to. Oh, that's a that's a wonderful thing. And how many families you could only guess how many you're going to supply this year, huh? Yeah, like I said earlier, there's no way of knowing for sure until it happens. But yeah. we've gotten one donor who donates to us every year. Him and his wife just d- delivered nearly six thousand chickens to us yesterday. That'll be distributed amongst our member agencies. We're expecting a lot more chickens this year over turkeys because of the cost mm-hmm. in turkeys, although we will have those available and we are accepting those donations from our donors as long as they're kept frozen from the mo- moment they're purchased to delivering to Long Island Cares. So we will have those items. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also going to have, uh, excuse me for one second, on the Caribbean Islanders list, uh, there's no chicken, there's no th- there's no turkey. What we've been asked for are pork loins to oh. go along oh. with the the items that, that have been requested. One of the questions in this survey, which received about two thousand responses, was what does a traditional celebration meal look like to you? And this is all about celebrating holidays differently. Only a third, thirty three percent of the people who took this survey marked turkey as being the food that they used to celebrate with. We've seen 19% marked ham, 8% lamb, 15% pork loin, 16% fish and seafood, and then 9% chose other. So what we're seeing is something that, you know, you think of turkeys when you think of Thanksgiving and only a third of the clients who participated in the survey even marked turkeys as being what they used. Which I would imagine makes all the wild turkeys running around Long Island very happy (laughs) because they have a better chance at life. (laughs) They got to go ring in the other animals. Yeah, and that's a great way to serve the people who really need this. Um, You know, a lot of people, you know, we live in our home and even though inflation is affecting all of us and it's a lot more expensive to live, I don't think people realize how many people there are out there on Long Island that actually are hungry and don't have enough food and can't get enough food whether from loss of a job or, or the inflation itself or other things. You, we know it's a complicated life living here on Long Island these days. Currently, statistics have it as 228,000 Long Islanders are in need. Well, that's a lot of people. Well, everybody out there, you could all donate to this organization. We'll talk a little later about how you can do that. Um, it's an important thing. It's something that Harry Chapin started many years ago, and it's really spread all across the country. And um, he wanted to do that, and he wanted to change that dynamic because he felt that every person in this world is important, and every person is important. And if you take a person and they don't eat right, they also can't operate at full maximum capacity in their life. 
So this is a vitally important program. And um, Long Island Cares is not making money. They're a charity um, doing this work, and they're doing it for people. It's a big organization, and it's the legacy that Mr. Harry Chapin left behind him. And um, so we're going to talk a little more when we come back from the break about how people can um, donate to you guys or how people can find out how to get involved and get some food if they really need it. So anyway, we're going to be back in a minute. Um, Like I said, you're listening to History Island on 103.9 FM, Long Island News Radio. And I'm your history guy, Dale Spencer. So let's go to the break and we'll see you back in a couple of minutes. And, of course, we have a guest on from Long Island Cares, Billy Ganyu. So we've been talking about the, the food pantry that they run and all the programs that they do for different people. Um, I just want to mention one other thing about that. We're talking a lot about food for people, but if a family is in need, there's also an availability to get pet food from them. Because, obviously, people who are suffering with inflation, well, our animals are very important to us, too, and they need to eat also. So that's another aspect of what they do that we can talk about. Um, so anyway, we were talking about the demographics and the different programs that you're offering on this Adopt-A-Family program. So referencing back to the state of food insecurity on Long Island study, we asked our uh, clients why they utilized the food pantry post-COVID. We got about just under 1,700 responses. The largest was 40%, which was the cost of food and the rising cost of food 32 percent under slash unemployment so those who either are unemployed or just not getting paid enough Mm -hmm. 18 percent due to inflation nine percent product availability and one percent marked other so 68 i'm 58 percent of that cost of food and inflation is just cost of food alone is why people have to turn to food pantries. Food pantries. Simply just the cost of food. And I think any Long Islander can understand that concept. All you really need to do is walk into a grocery store or supermarket and try to buy some food. I know me and Billy were talking about the fact that, for example, like I'll go in and I'll buy a couple of items at the store now, and there's no way that I'm walking out spending even just $20. It's amazing the cost. And... I'm not a rich man, but I can at least afford to buy the food I need. I can't imagine what some families are doing or someone who has six kids in the family and is trying to get by. I would imagine you're seeing some pretty desperate people sometimes coming actually to the pantry for food. huh? Yeah, we will see. We see all sorts of people across the island, but we will see a number of families who have to utilize more than just us. So well, they might be coming to one of our satellite sites to get food, but also going to the food pantries in their communities, uh, possibly getting SNAP benefits, and just finding odds, odd things to make ends meet. Yeah, it's survival in this crazy 21st century 
post-pandemic that we're living in. It's almost a full-time job if you're unemployed. Yeah. It's almost, or struggling. It, it's almost a full-time job just to struggle in it itself. To feed your family. Exactly. Yeah, or feed yourself if that be the case. Well, I, I know that um, now you have some people who donate large amounts of food, which is pretty impressive. Um, but the general public can also donate food in various ways to you guys, right? Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. One thing is you do food drives all over where there's Long Island Cares boxes. You'll see them out in different places. People could go on your website and find out where they can donate to those boxes in their local community. I imagine they can also bring things to one of your locations, right? Absolutely. So we have a number of organizations that host year-round drives. A number of public libraries do, where the... The Station Public Library, for example, has boxes in their library year-round where people can donate, and once those boxes are filled, we come pick them up and leave empty boxes behind. A number of libraries and different organizations do that year-round. That can be found on our website, licares.org, using our food drive drop-off locator, which can be found under the host of food drive section. But we also have organizations and individuals running drives on their own year round. Many of them happen around this time of year for Thanksgiving, but food is a year round issue. It doesn't just go away once Thanksgiving's done and you start putting up your holiday decorations. Uh, It doesn't go away when you're sipping hot chocolate, getting cozy in January during a blizzard. It's here year round. So we do have people, uh, donors collecting food year round to deliver to us. Right now is definitely where we're going to see most of that, but it is something, like I said, and I can't stress this enough, that we do need year-round. For this Adopt-A-Family program, we are accepting these donations at all of our locations in Hopog, Freeport, Lindenhurst, Huntington Station, Bethpage, and Hampton Bays. Five Five of those locations may be distributing these directly, Our Hopog location will be distributing to our member agencies in need. We'll also have volunteering, volunteers sorting and repacking those boxes so that they show up nice, nicely prepared for those families that they're, that are getting those boxes. But donations can be made at any of those those locations. And this is not specific to adopt a family. Any donation year round can be made to any one of our sites. Right. Adopt the family is just one of the many things that are going on. there. Exactly. Okay, so we talked a little about donating, and I really encourage everybody out there to, even if it's one item, I mean, find a time to donate a little bit, because this is not something that people are taking advantage of to make their lives easy. This is life and death for people, getting food and being able to eat enough to survive. And And most of us have enough money that we could buy one extra item when we're at the supermarket, for example, and put that item in one of the boxes. Or drop it off. Exactly. And the beautiful thing with the Adopt-A-Family program is that you pull up and drop off one bag of food that has all the items for, let's say, a Caribbean Islander meal for Thanksgiving. That, what you just brought us, is going on someone's table for Thanksgiving. It's not being put on shelves. It's not being taken apart. It is going to be somebody's Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Which is... Honestly, what I think is one of the most beautiful things about this is if we say last year we did over 11,000 families, that was 11,000 tables that were not empty on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And that's what Harry Chapin was looking to have happen when he started 
begging people to donate food and help world hunger, and it's come such a long way. Um, I do have one question. I'm just curious. So a Caribbean Thanksgiving dinner, what kind of items does that involve? So for this meal for Thanksgiving, we're asking for two pounds of rice, uh, beans, that can be really any sort of beans, tomato sauce and tomato paste, a jar of garlic, all-purpose flour, two cans of corn, a can of condensed milk, and a can of evaporated milk, a box of pasta, a dessert, which really uh, most people are donating flan, um, but they can be really any type of dessert. And what is optional for the adoptive family are the actual proteins. For that list, we would be asking for a pork loin or a frozen whole chicken, but that part is optional. Oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. Very different than what the traditional, original Thanksgiving dinner would have been. So you're serving people so much better now that way. Absolutely. So now what will happen is people will now need to come and try to get food at times and the family is in trouble and they might be listening right now. Um, So let's kind of run them through the process of how they can get in touch and come to the food pantry now or on a yearly basis and get food from you guys. Is it a complicated process? Not at all. Not at all. We have a unique program where we have storefronts across the island that do provide groceries in a grocery store type of setting. Those locations are Freeport, Lindenhurst, Huntington Station, Hampton Bays, and Bethpage. All that really is required. You can go to one of those locations and you fill out some very basic paperwork, very basic demographic information, and then our volunteers take you into the pantry where you can go on a quote-unquote shopping experience and choose your own food items rather than be given a bag of food or a box of food that may have things in there that you can't eat, whether it's religious reasons, diet reasons, or really any sort of reason. And from there, if you still find yourself in need, you are able to come to our locations once a month. We also provide to near over 300 member agencies, which can be found on our website, licares.org, using the food locator. Mm-hmm. And that'll break down the food pantries and soup kitchens for both Nassau and Suffolk. And just to make this very clear for someone who is down on their luck right now and feels embarrassed walking in and maybe concerned, in other words, they don't have to show you an ID to prove who they are or give you um, financial statements to prove that they're down and out and need this food. Correct. That information is not our business, and that information is just not relevant to whether or not you need food. Exactly. You could be making 100 grand a year and have lost your job the day before and need that money. Maybe you're going through a messy divorce. You could have just lost, as many did, their homes during Superstorm Sandy, lost family members with COVID. There are so many causes to why somebody could be hungry that things like how much you make are, are, are irrelevant to us. Right. And that's the great part about it because people don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about going down and being put through the ringer and have people looking down on you as you're trying to pull yourself back up. 
Um, the staff there is really wonderful, and they make you feel really comfortable when you go in. Everybody understands that if you're coming in to try to pick up some food, that you need that food, and you're just treated like you're a customer going in your local grocery store, really, rather than someone who's down and out and is being given a charity handout. Because I think many of us proud people who work really hard in their life, when they get a little down and out, they don't want to be treated like a charity case. They want to be treated like a human being. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lot during the height of COVID. Many of our donors had to turn and use our services. And we found ourselves being told a lot, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm usually on the other end of this. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of shame and embarrassment when it comes to seeking help, especially through a food pantry. But there doesn't need to be. We exist for no other reason than to help you. So any Long Islander living in Nassau or Suffolk County that is in need and comes to Long Island Cares will be assisted. Wow. You know what impresses me so much about the organization that we've dealt with a little. I know my wife uh, one time did a food drive with you guys a number of years ago. Is that it? the, the, the idea of what Harry Chapin was trying to get a cross and he started all this you guys carry that atmosphere with you to this day and it's almost like harry is making these statements up that you say because these are the things he would always say to people when it came down to world hunger he understood that it was an issue for everybody and that anybody could get in that situation anytime right and he started us in 1980 i believe with the idea that we would close within 10 to 15 years because hunger would no longer be an issue on Long Island. And here we are about to enter our 43rd year. I think Harry would be very proud of the work that we've done, but very saddened to see that it still needs to be done. I agree. Both those things. Uh, I know Sandy feels that way and um, she's amazed that it still has to be come such a big thing, but it's so needed. And thank God Harry Chapin was on this earth to come along and be the guy to get all this started. Because as you know, and Harry said it himself a lot of times, one human being can change the whole world with their efforts. And all our efforts matter. We don't just go through this life and just live our life and it's not important what we do. I've always felt, and my mom taught me, it's important to leave something behind you. Something good for this world rather than just live through it. And a lot of people out there who maybe have never thought about donating before. Um, let me ask you a question. I think you really need donations at this point, right? Yes. Uh, how did the pandemic affect uh, your donation status? Through a number of, of ways. For me, uh, as I do food drives, once I started seeing the COVID cases spiking in Washington state, I knew it was only a matter of time before New York was affected by it. When New York shut down, Long Island Cares kept the stores open. So we've, we never closed. Uh, in fact, we expanded our services to provide. We had about over 20 pop-up locations throughout the town of Hempstead. We opened a new site in Bethpage and just keep growing because the need was there. Right. Our food drives were a little challenging because most of them were being held at buildings that were now locked for months, <sighs> if not longer. So we did really utilize You Give Goods, which is a virtual food drive service. And from the start of COVID through July 16th, Harry's anniversary of 2020, those virtual drives raised over 100,000 pounds of food, which came from 27 different states plus Washington, D.C. 
Wow. That's that's really amazing, honestly. That's a great thing. But we're also seeing the supply chain issues where product that we ordered was taking months to arrive. Mm. So while we were getting, we still were getting donations and there still were food drives taking place, not nearly as much as there were, were prior. And there was just so much waiting on the food to arrive. Because it wasn't something that just food banks needed. Everyone in the country, regardless of whether you were affected by COVID or not, still needed groceries. Yeah, right. Right. So, you don't stop needing to eat because the supply chain isn't there. And I think many of us have experienced some problem like that with the supply chain. Just imagine if you're really down and out and you need some food. That's a tough issue to have to deal with. Right. So, so if someone wants to come down, um, they can basically go on the website if they're looking for food and they can talk to you guys. And I guess there's a phone number they could call. Yes. The phone number for our main office in Hopog is 631-582-FOOD. Okay. And how about the website to go to? www.licares.org. Okay. And that's for donors or people who need to get some food. Or people who just want to learn about what we do. Right. Get more information about Adopt the Family or any other drives coming up and events. Do you have have volunteers who work with you? We have thousands of volunteers that volunteer with us every year. Oh, so if somebody really is looking, like say they've retired and they're looking to volunteer and do some good civic work, they could get in touch with you guys and help you out with volunteering? Yep. We direct all of our volunteers and potential volunteers to our website to complete the volunteer registration form. Everything we do with volunteers is through email. So as opportunities become available, we email them out to our database of volunteers, and then people start signing up for the events we have going on. Oh, that's great. Okay, so um, so people out there, you kind of know what to do now. Um, come on, some of our listeners out there, why don't you donate some food, just a little bit or a lot if you can. Um, I don't know who donated a thousand chickens, but if you have a thousand chickens from a store you can donate, uh, Long Island Cares could certainly use it. It's a wonderful charity serving Long Island, doing the work that Harry Chapin started. Now, any of you who might not really be aware of Harry Chapin, because it's been a long time since he's been around in the music business, well, you could go up on YouTube and you could see some uh, performances by Harry. And one thing you're guaranteed to see in any performance by Harry is at some point he's going to stop and tell the audience about world hunger and how people need to help each other. But he did some wonderful music. Um, he was a unique artist. Um, anyone who doesn't know his work, just listen to Tax Your Cats in the Cradle to start. But Harry would write these wonderful story songs. And um, he had a beloved audience of people who really loved him. And um, I saw him a number of times myself. I was a big fan as a kid. And Harry would come out and he would talk to everybody in the audience um, an amazing performer. I saw him perform at Huntington High School one time with Pete Seeger and the two of them performing together. And that was a benefit for World Hunger Year. And um, he would always be doing that work. Um, Harry was a wonderful artist. So listen to a little of his work. I'll give you an idea how impressive he was. Um, in his first year when he came out with Taxi and had a big hit with it, he went on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and he performed on The Tonight Show and he did Taxi. Well, People started calling The Tonight Show, and the response was so overwhelming that Johnny Carson actually brought Harry back the next night to perform on the show again. And that was the first time ever in the history of The Tonight Show that a musical performer had ever been brought back. So, you know, I can't say enough about Harry himself. He's the guy who got all this going, and it's a wonderful thing. 
We're here to help all human beings just a little bit if we can. So I would encourage everybody to try to do that. Um, any last words? Um, There's a, a quote from Harry. Uh, it's, I am a greedy, selfish bastard. I want the fact that I existed to mean something. And it's something that I think about a lot because, I mean, his life did mean something. And whether you can give a little, give a lot, whether you're in need yourself, your life does mean something. Your life is worth something, no matter what side of the table that you're sitting on. So if you do find yourself in need, we are here for you. We have been here for 43 years almost, and we will continue to be here for you. If you are interested in volunteering or giving, we're here as well because we need your support. We could not do what we do without the support of volunteers, donors, and the general public. Well said. So anyway, I'd like to thank my guest, Billy Ganyu from uh, Long Island Cares, um, a great, great organization. Please get involved with them. I'd also like to thank my producer, John Gifford, tonight, and my research director, Janet Rishbeter. And um, thank you so much for coming. Um, please help these guys out. This is a, a, an organization that, well, I heard from Harry many years ago about this issue in person. He would talk to everybody about it. And you know what? He did a really good job because look what we have now. We have this wonderful organization. And believe me, for those who might not see it in their own lives, there are people out there that are hungry. And they need feeding. And we can help them. And we can help them without killing ourselves or breaking our own budget. So thanks a lot for coming. History Thank you out. so much. Thank you so much. We're going to have you back in the future, ability to update us on what's going on over Sounds there. great. Okay, History Island on 103.9. Good night, everybody. and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.